chapter ten of wild bird guests by ernest baines this librivox recording is in the public domain bird baths and drinking pools in hot weather especially in time of drought there is nothing more attractive to birds than water they need it to drink and to bathe in and when the natural pools and streams are dried up they will come from far and near to visit a properly constructed bird-bath at the very time this chapter is being written the weather is very hot and dry and birds are coming to the artificial baths in the village not one at a time but by scores only this morning they gathered at a little cement bath just outside my study window and gave it the appearance of an avian manhattan beach i saw two blue birds a chewick a white-throated sparrow a song sparrow a junco a chipping sparrow and a myrtle warbler all bathing at once and at least a score of other birds were hopping about in the grass or perched in the bushes near by awaiting their turn there were similar scenes at nearly all the bird baths in meriden one example will suffice in the bird sanctuary there is a bath made from a granite boulder or rather half a boulder for it was split in two ages ago probably by the frost it had broken in such a way that one half had a gently sloping concave surface and we took this half and turned the concave surface uppermost that when filled with water it might form a natural pool for the birds as i approached this bath one evening after sundown i saw the whole surface of the water dancing as though a shoal of little fish were sporting in it and spray was flying in every direction it was simply a flock of birds taking their evening bath perhaps because night was coming on they were too impatient to wait their turn for all seemed to be trying to get in at once and most of them were successful juncos seemed to be most numerous but there were several bluebirds and myrtle warblers and some sparrows which in their wet plumage and in the uncertain light i could not identify a little apart a phoebe sat on a twig above the pool watching for chances to dip down into the water for an instant after which she would return to the twig to preen her feathers birds come to our bird baths every day in summer and fall in an almost continuous procession but usually just a few are present at the same moment they come in large flocks only at exceptional times usually following severe drought bird baths may be as simple or as elaborate as one likes a rough earthenware saucer from six inches to twelve inches in diameter and with half an inch of fresh water in it is a great deal better than nothing and may attract some of the most delightful birds i have seen robins catbirds baltimore orioles rose-breasted grosbeaks and many others bathe in an earthenware saucer but the supplying of water is so very important that most of us will wish to do rather more than put out a saucer even from a selfish standpoint it is well to give birds all the water they want if we do they will be much less likely to destroy our small fruits which they sometimes eat chiefly for the fluid they contain in making any bird bath the first thing to look out for is the depth of the water few of the birds which will come to bathe will use water of greater depth than two and a half inches 
and even for grackles and blue jays five inches is about the limit but most birds refuse to jump off into any such depth if we had a pool with a uniform depth of even two and a half inches birds would come and drink but few if any would bathe so we must arrange for shallow places where the birds can enter the water they will go in deeper presently but they are very cautious half an inch is a good depth for the shallows and if the depth grades off to nothing at all so much the better a bath which the writer invented some time ago and which has proved very popular with the birds is made on the principle of a flight of broad steps each one of which is two feet long and seven inches wide there are five of these steps each one half inch lower than the last so that when the water is half an inch deep on the top step it is two and a half inches deep on the bottom one the birds invariably enter the water at the top step their favorite steps are the second and third they seldom go lower than that the bottom is covered with clean sand and bright pebbles from a trout brook and here and there among them are strewn beautifully tinted shells close beside it is a wooden tray of earth on which are scattered every morning bird seed of several kinds bits of bread a little suet ripe raspberries and a piece of banana perhaps as additional attractions for the feathered guests among the smaller visitors are the chipping sparrows gentle modest little fellows who come to the food tray quietly as mice crack a few seeds and then take a bath on the top step where the water is shallow almost burly in comparison are the purple finches which come often two or three at a time make a full meal in the food tray and then souse themselves thoroughly in the deeper water regardless of theories concerning the dangers of bathing too soon after dinner perhaps the most amusing visitor is a catbird who has a nest in the lilac bushes from the top of which in the early morning he sings his wonderful song which so surprises those who know him by his cat-call only he comes boldly to the food tray hops lightly about jauntily flirting his long tail swallows a ripe raspberry takes a bite or two of banana and then proceeds to inspect the bath as if he had never seen it before he cocks his head first on one side and then on the other hops into the shallow water and begins to peck at the shells and pebbles at the bottom perhaps he will take one in his bill and hold it for a moment before dropping it back then he goes out into deeper water and with wings vibrating as though operated by an electric current takes a thorough bath all over when he comes out he is a sorry-looking object dripping wet and with tail feathers stuck together but apparently he cares nothing for appearances and proceeds with his toilet forthwith he shakes himself vigorously flips his tail from side to side to get rid of the bulk of the water and then it is surprising how soon with the aid of his deft bill and a warm scent he makes himself into a clean fluffy catbird again sometimes toward evening a bluebird visits the bath and after washing himself in a very business-like way flies off to a dead tree to preen and dry his feathers occasionally a phoebe comes but apparently takes a bath more from a sense of duty than from any love of bathing he seems to dislike cold water about as much as does the average small boy for instead of getting right into it as most birds do he flits through it barely getting his feet wet 
perhaps this habit has been acquired by repeatedly darting after insects and possibly is common to all flycatchers at any rate i have seen a kingbird bathe by dashing through the water of a stream time and again returning after each dip to a snag from which he made a fresh dive after stopping a moment to preen his feathers and perhaps to catch his breath but the song sparrows are perhaps the most numerous visitors to this bird-bath they come earlier and stay later than any of the other birds they act as if they owned this particular sheet of water three feet by two and if any other bird ventures too near while a song sparrow is bathing the former is promptly driven away these sparrows seem to fairly love the water and not only splash in it but squat right down in it until practically nothing but their heads are sticking out sometimes when it is almost dark and the last red tinge of afterglow is reflected in the tiny pool a couple of dark spots on the shining surface tell just where two little song sparrows are cooling off for the night we have been altogether too busy to keep close watch on this bath but at different times we have observed the following birds using it flicker phoebe baltimore oriole purple finch white-winged crossbill american goldfinch vesper sparrow white-throated sparrow chipping sparrow junco song sparrow chiwunk cedar waxwing black and white warbler nashville warbler myrtle warbler chestnut-sided warbler catbird brown thrasher hermit thrush robin and bluebird probably there have been many more which we have not observed the arrangement of steps while interesting is by no means necessary and a bath of the same size say three feet long two feet wide and three inches deep with a continuously sloping and roughened bottom starting at one end half an inch from the top and ending at the other end at its lowest point would probably answer the purpose just as well and speaking of the roughened bottom reminds me that almost if not quite as important as the depth of water in a bird-bath is the character of the footing on the bottom this should never be slippery for birds lose confidence when they find they cannot keep their feet a layer of coarse sand or fine pebbles will usually give the desired footing in a bird-bath and a slippery pan or dish can be rendered safe by placing in it a freshly cut sod having about half an inch of the grass submerged this makes a wet spot such as many of the small birds are very fond of concrete is very useful for the construction of pools for the comfort of birds it may be used alone as in the case of a bird-bath in my own garden or in connection with natural rock cropping out above the earth as seen in the photograph of mr kennard's little pool opposite the former was made as follows i scooped out in the lawn an elliptical hollow four feet by three feet six inches the sides sloping down in all directions toward the centre where the depth was four or five inches i now took some portland cement and some coarse sand and mixed in the proportion of one of cement to four of sand adding just enough water to give it the consistency of common mortar then with my hand i plastered it all over the surface of the hollow putting in enough to make the depth at the centre about two and a half inches i was careful not to make the sides too smooth though the concrete itself gives an excellent foothold for the birds we have no running water in this about once a week we sweep the water out with a stiff broom and put two pails of fresh water into it it has been a complete success and being within ten feet of the house we have had a great pleasure in watching the birds from the windows and from the piazzas we have seen six bluebirds the parents and four young bathing in it at once and at other times there have been whole flocks of song sparrows white-throated sparrows and juncos in addition to the many birds that come in smaller numbers 
with a few shrubs and hardy flowers planted about it such a bath can be made a beautiful little feature in any garden and of course there is no reason in the world why it should not be made much larger if one has plenty of room and the time to make it dr ernest l hughes president of the meriden bird club has a somewhat similar bath in his garden but he has carried the idea a little farther in the centre he has sunk a tub and from the rim which is perhaps two and a half inches below the surface of the ground the concrete slants outward and upward in all directions making shallows in which the birds will drink and bathe in the tub pond lilies are planted and spread their leaves and blossoms over the surface round about shrubs and tall grasses are planted and here and there among them one catches a glimpse of a little food tray filled with hemp and millet which tends to keep the birds about the spot even when the bath is over there is hardly a limit to what may be done with concrete in this way especially if it is used in connection with beautiful stones pebbles sand and shells small pools may be swept out often enough to prevent mosquitoes from breeding in the larger ones a few small fish will quickly devour the larvae of these insects of course in the case of bird baths which are not raised well above the ground great care must be taken that the little bathers are not pounced upon by cats which would otherwise have the little songsters at an unusual disadvantage the birds become so engrossed with the joy of the bath that they are less wary than usual and their feathers being wet they fly slowly and heavily often close to the ground if we cannot be sure about cats we must either have our bath raised well above the ground on some object which a cat cannot climb or else we must be content with a bath out in the open without shrubs or grass about it for behind such things a cat will crouch i have spoken of a bird bath made of a granite boulder we have two of this kind in meriden new hampshire and they are among the most satisfactory baths we have one has the natural hollow which i have described it is set upon a well-made stone foundation a hole has been drilled down through to admit a lead pipe which supplies running water and a little bronze tablet bolted to the granite shows that the bath is placed there in memory of dr edward everett hale and gives the name of miss harriet e freeman of boston who presented it to the bird club i often think how much more appropriate as a memorial to a real man or woman is a beautiful thing like this made by nature carved by her mighty forces and dedicated to the use and enjoyment of the loveliest of her children than a shining ugly and utterly useless polished shaft whose sole recommendation is that it costs from a hundred to a thousand times as much in the case of the other bolder bird bath which is on the campus of the local academy a hollow was chiselled out by a mason at small expense when we decide to have such a bath our plan is to appoint a committee each member of which has a good general idea of the kind of boulder required when any member goes for a walk he keeps his eyes open for likely boulders and when he finds one which he thinks will do he takes the other members to see it if it is satisfactory as to size and form the next step is to approach the owner of the land on which it lies and secure his permission to remove it he is usually glad to have it removed and if he is the owner of oxen or heavy work-horses he appreciates the contract to haul it at his convenience the lovely bronze fountain executed by mrs louis st gaudens and pictured here is another of the charming features of the bird sanctuary at meriden and makes one realize that with the sculptor as an assistant there is no end to the artistic bird baths which may be designed this particular bath was made in commemoration of the first presentation of percy mackay's bird mask sanctuary and was presented to the meriden bird club by helen foster barnett of new york who witnessed the play 
it will be seen by the shallowness of the basin at the top that my remarks about the depth of the water apply just as much to a formal work of art as to a granite boulder or an earthenware saucer the rule about surface also applies and the sculptorist purposely left the surface of the inside of the basin slightly rough that the feet of the little bathers might not slip below the shallow bowl and in bas relief may be seen in procession the principal characters who took part in the mask below these are interesting inscriptions some of them historical others consisting of quotations from the mask itself of these the one that sends the reader away filled with determination to do something for the cause of bird conservation is the compact sworn to by the poet the converted plume hunter and the naturalist a compact then we three that when we go forth from these gracious trees into the world we go as witnesses before the men who make our country's laws and by our witness show in burning words the meaning of these sylvan mysteries freedom and sanctuary for the birds End of chapter ten